Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Be seated and open your Bibles to Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, and also Mark chapter 9, which is just, as you know, two uh, chapters before. Mark chapter 11 and Mark chapter 9, and I'd like for us to read this together. Mark chapter 11, remember, we're doing a series, and I know the Lord is speaking this to us. It's called Move That Mountain. Most of the time we hear about us praying that God would move that mountain, but that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus said, you move the mountain. He said, let's read this together. It says, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. I'd like for you to read out loud and read loudly, and let's fill this house with the voice of God's word. By the way, the word of God is powerful. It's alive. It's not just a history book. It's alive today. The word of God is one of the most powerful overlooked things in our lives as believers. We need to fall in love and be in love with the word of God. Most problems we have the answer and solutions found in the Word of God. So let's open our, our uh, mouths today and let's read from Mark chapter 11. I want you to read just as verses 11, 23 and 24. 23 and 24. Ready? Let's read. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done... He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. Father, I pray that as we open your word today, you would illuminate it, you would give us revelation, and you would speak to us exactly what you want us to hear. Custom tailor it to our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of weeks ago... My wife and I, we hadn't gone in a long time, but we went to a movie, and we, we, you know, nowadays the movies are all empty, a lot of, you know, they're empty at certain times, so you buy your movie tickets at the concession stand, which is kind of weird, right? You walk up and they say, would you like a popcorn or a drink? And you say, well, I'd like a movie ticket, because <laughs> I didn't get one. So we bought a movie ticket, and then we bought, uh, you know, some popcorn and drink or whatever, but as I'm standing there and they're, they're getting our stuff ready... Another gentleman walks up to the stand, uh, you know, uh, next to him. And he looked about my age or something, uh, maybe a little bit older. But they walked up, and the guy was trying to be nice to him at the concession stand. And he said, he took his order, and then he said, "Um, are you a senior citizen? And the guy just looked at him, and he said, uh, the guy didn't answer. He said, excuse me, sir, are you a senior citizen? He said, no, I'm not a senior citizen. And he goes, Oh, oh, I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so. The guy says, you know, he goes, I was just trying to help, you know. And I thought, this guy was in denial. <laughs> I'm talking about it. Because he looked like a senior citizen, right? He was in denial. And uh, he should have just said, yeah, I know I look like a senior citizen, but I guess. But he was all offended, and the guy was just trying to help him. And I remember looking over and thinking, man, isn't that sometimes how we are as believers with our faith? I believe God, praise the Lord. I'm a, and then we pray prayers and we're doubting like a big dog. You know what I'm talking about? You're praying, you're asking God for things, but down on the inside, you're like, uh, is it going to happen? I sure hope so. Right? 
You get in denial. But I want to tell you about this. Um, Mark eleven twenty three. it says faith is. Notice what faith is. Faith, whoever says to this mountain. Notice he said whoever. Faith works with everybody. All believers, faith can work. It's not just Jesus. They were trying to say, look at Jesus, what's happening. And he says, most assuredly I say to you, whoever, not just Jesus, whoever says, somebody say says. Says, and he said, not just the tree that Jesus had just cursed and it withered up. He said, whoever says to this mountain, probably the biggest thing that was in the area. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Notice he didn't say says to God about the mountain. Notice he didn't say, God, you say to the mountain. No, he said, you say, you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, and be cast into the sea. There are some things you don't even need to pray about. Some things you just need to speak to. Sometimes it's your attitude. Sometimes it's sickness. Sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes it's a circumstance or a situation. Sometimes it's discouragement. And instead of just praying about it, sometimes you just need to say, I speak to it right now in Jesus' name. I resist it, and I say, I'm going to come against fear concern about different things. Sometimes you just speak to it. Those are those representative in, in mountains. Be removed and be cast into the sea. Notice this. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says. I want you to notice he says, whoever says and doesn't doubt, but believes, you'll have. Whoever says and does not doubt, where? In his heart. Somebody say, in his heart. Now, now look at it. I want, I want to make sure you know that Jesus said this. Uh, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Notice the, the third line. And does not, say it with me, does not doubt in his heart. Where is doubt found? Where is doubt found? But believes. Where is believing found? In the heart. He says, does not doubt in his heart, but believes in his heart, right? The things that he says, not the things that he sees. A lot of times we say one thing, but we believe the things we see, not the things we say. Jesus said you can have what you say, but a lot of times we will say the things that we have. We'll say one thing in prayer, and then we'll believe whatever we see, right? Well, I'll believe it when I see it, but Jesus said you'll, you'll see it when you believe it. Let me say that again. You, we say, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but Jesus said, you'll see it when you believe it. Somebody say, Jesus said, you'll see it when you believe it, right? You'll see it when you believe it. But I want you to notice, he said, he'll say it, but does not doubt in his heart, but believes. When we pray and believe, we don't doubt in our heart, he said, we will receive it. Now, verse 23 really isn't, isn't prayer. It's, it's confession. It's speaking to a situation. But verse 24 is prayer. Because he says, he says in verse 24, read this with me again. He says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask. What is the word ask? It's prayer. Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Notice what it says. Whatever things you ask, when you pray, Believe you receive them. When do you receive them? When you pray. So when you ask, when do you receive the things that you, you get? When you see? No, when you pray. When you pray. Where are we supposed to receive our prayers? In when we pray. 
We don't leave prayer until we've received. That's why you can walk out with confidence. Because you walk out having received. They say, uh, you know, did you pray? I did, and I received what I, you already, you already saw it? No, I didn't say I saw it. I said I received it. The Bible says, if you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, receive, and you will, notice will, is will future? Yeah. Is receive future? No, it, it's, it's now. Is say now? Is receive now? Right? Yeah, it is. But will have is future. So Jesus said, if you'll say it and believe you receive it, you will see it. Isn't that, doesn't that go along with um, Mark, um, excuse me, Mark chapter 16 where he says, these signs will follow them who believe. Do the signs come first or the believing? Believe. Believing. But we always say, I'll believe it when I see the signs. But Jesus said, you'll see the signs when you believe. Sometimes this, is, this, this may be the very answer what a lot of people have been praying for for years. I don't know why it didn't work for me. This is it. <laughs> In fact, there's not a lot more. If you just took this one key for the rest of your life, the rest of the, your life, this would work for prayer. If you just had this one scripture, the rest of your life, this scripture would work. You believe, you receive the things you pray. When you pray, you will have them. So, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Listen, it's not just prayer that gets results. It's believing prayer that gets results. It's believing prayer. Prayer doesn't make faith work. Faith makes prayer work. Faith is the engine. Believing is the engine inside the car. You can have a beautiful car and say, that's a great car. How does it run? It doesn't. Right? And that's sometimes why we don't pray because we don't see prayers answered. But do you believe that if we saw more prayers answered... That we'd pray more? Come on, somebody. Do you believe that if you saw more answered prayer that you'd pray more? Yeah, because you believe it worked. But why is it? It's just difficult for me to pray. Yeah, because you probably don't see answered prayer. But when you see answered prayer, you pray more. When you find something that works, right, then you, you continue to use it. Now, I want to point out to you, the, the title of my message today is Help My Unbelief. <laughs> Help my unbelief. And I want to tell you where this comes from. In the book of Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, um, a, a, few, a couple chapters before that, there was this guy that came to Jesus. In fact, I'm just going to read it to you. Look at Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through 24. Listen to this. It says, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought to you my son who has a mute spirit. So this is a father that's coming to Jesus. And he said, my son can't talk. He has a mute spirit. He hadn't been able to talk. It says, and whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him down. And he foams at the mouth, gnashes at the teeth, and he becomes rigid. He's tough. He said, so I spoke to your disciples that they'd cast it out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? By the way, notice again when we're bringing things to Jesus, Jesus looks and expects us to have faith. Us to have faith. Jesus doesn't expect to have to change our diapers for the rest of our lives. Right? I mean, it's okay to change your kids' diapers up until one, two, three, four. But at some point, if you say, Dada, I need you to change my diapers. He goes, you're 13. I'm not going to change your diapers. Do you know that's what we do a lot of times when prayer is we come and go, God, you speak to the mountain. God, you do this. God, do this. And he says, you do it. I'm you say, you think that's just me saying it. That's what Jesus is saying. Over and over, he's saying, how, must, how long do I got to be with you? How long do I got to change your spiritual diapers, so to speak? What is he saying here? He says, 
He says here, um, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? What does that mean? Put up with you. Bring that child here to me. Then he brought him to him, and when he saw him, when the, when the child saw him, immediately it, things got worse. When, sometimes when you bring things to Jesus, they don't get better, right? He says they, they get worse right away, immediately. Immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked the father, notice Jesus didn't freak out about it. He asked the father, how long has this been happening? And he said, from childhood. And he's often thrown him into the fire and thrown him into the water to destroy him. He's trying to drown him. He's trying to burn him. He says, the father says to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. See, the father was relentless. He went to the disciples and it didn't work, so he went to Jesus and said, if you can have compassion on us, my son is going through this since childhood and I'm, I'm dealing with this every day. Listen, he had faith, right? If you can do anything, then Jesus said to him, verse 23, if you can believe. I want you to notice, the, the verse before, verse 22, the father said to Jesus, if you can have compassion, and Jesus said, if you. The guy looks at Jesus and said, if you can do it, and Jesus said, no, if you can do it. Well, didn't Jesus want to do it? Jesus, of course, wanted to do it. But why does Jesus want them to do it? Because Jesus doesn't want to help them out? No, because you, you know the, the thing. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, you feed him for life. If you give healing to somebody, you'll get them healed that day. If you teach them how to heal, they'll heal themselves and everybody around them. And, and, and it's not that Jesus doesn't want to be bothered. It's Jesus wants to empower people. By the way, it's not with their power, it's with his power. He'll, he'll actually resource them and give them the power of God and give them authority in the name of Jesus. But he wants us to use our faith to change the in, and influence the society and the people around us. Notice, the guy said, if you can do anything, he said to Jesus, and Jesus looks back to him and said, no, if you can believe. If you can believe, listen, all things, say it with me, all things are possible to him who believes. Say what Jesus said. All things are possible to him who believes. In fact, let's say that, old, that whole verse over our lives. Say, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Say it again. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Say it again. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, do you believe that? Then what's the problem? Not believing. Because if you believed, you wouldn't think impossibility thinking. It's impossible to think negative. It's impossible to be pessimistic. In fact, the name of Christians, what do we call, what's another name for Christians? Doubters? No, believers. What did he say? If you can believe, what's possible? All things. All things. Do you think we'd be happier if we believed that? Yeah, because we're not facing it. But we walk around, oh, gloomy, what's going on? I've just had a bad week. What do you think Jesus would say? He'd say, come here, give me a hug. And then he'd say, now stand up. Do you believe? All things are possible to him. Do you know you can't walk around discouraged and depressed and have believing in your heart? Because a lot of times our countenance, our outside, 
represents how we really feel on the inside. In fact, two times in the book of Psalms it says, it says, why so downcast, O my soul, like the outside of you? He says, put your hope in God. He talks about the outside and then the inside. He says, why, is your da- why does your outside look so discouraged and depressed? He says, put your insides, trust in the Lord. The reason your outside looks like mess is because your, your outside looks like discouraged is because your inside doesn't have its hope in the Lord. So what did he say? He didn't just say fix the outside. Sometimes that's called pretense or pretending. Right, fake it till you make it. He didn't say fake it till you make it. He said believe it till it shows up on the outside. Right? If you keep pouring the inside and transforming the inside, eventually it'll spill over to the outside. You take a glass, you can start pouring. If, even if it has, say the glass has milk in it and you're trying to get orange juice in it. And, you, and, and the, the game is you can't take out the, how do you eventually get the milk out? You just keep pouring orange juice in. And what happens? Milk keeps coming out, keeps coming out till eventually all you have is orange juice. Whatever's on the inside in abundance will come out. Jesus said, whatever's in the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? So however you're dealing, the, the, the circumstances that you're dealing with on the outside are a lot of times, they're, 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 they, they show what's going on on the inside. They show what's going on. That's not to discourage you, by the way. That's to help you diagnose something so that you can prescribe something better. But if you can do anything, he said, but if you can believe. Lord, I believe. But here's what the father said, verse 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Isn't that sometimes how we feel? Isn't that how sometimes we feel? Lord, I believe you. But if I really admit it, I have a lot of doubt. You ever feel that way? Come on. You ever feel that way? Yeah. That's what he's saying. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Well, if any solution we need, it, it's all found in the word of God. It's not found in some seminar, in some book, it's not, unless it's found, it's found in the word of God. Okay. So the father to Jesus, if you, if, you can, uh, if you can do anything, and Jesus said, if you can do anything, Jesus is always trying to build their faith. And the father said, Uh, I believe, help my unbelief. Here's the big question that most people, most believers face. I believe, but I also doubt. I believe, but I also don't believe. I'm a believer and an unbeliever at the same time. You ever been there? (laughs) I believe, but honestly, I really don't believe. Because it's too big. That's what we're facing. Lord, help my unbelief. I want to remind you of a couple things. And let me just, let me just take you through this as a solution because the Bible does offer the solution. Remember again Mark eleven twenty three. It says, whoever says and does not doubt in his heart. Somebody say in your heart. You believe in your heart and you doubt in your heart. So it's important to check your heart. Faith is in the heart. Don't allow doubt to seep into your heart. I said, don't allow doubt to seep into your heart. See, doubt comes from, a lot of times, from reasoning, which is in your head. But if you keep it in your head, eventually it'll settle down into your heart. So what do you got to do? If you you got doubt in your head, you have to transform your mind before doubt goes downward. Because if you have 
Faith, in your, if you're praying and you have, it seeps down into your heart and you really don't believe, then you really won't receive what you have. So keep doubt out of your heart. Don't allow doubt in your heart. Notice he doesn't say if you say and don't doubt in your head. He didn't say whoever says and don't doubt in your head. He says whoever says and don't doubt in your heart. Down on the inside. Because in your heart is what you really believe. In your mind is what you think. In your feelings is what you feel, but in your heart is what you really believe. Let me say it again. In your mind is what you, say it with me. In your mind is what you think. It's how you process. In your feelings is how you feel, your emotions, right? Your body feels. I just feel this and I feel that. That's why I, don't, I say don't try to process God with your feelings or with your thoughts. But with your heart is what you believe. So that's why he says, whatever you say and don't doubt in your heart, it's what you really believe. Notice he didn't say doubt in your head. It's difficult for the head to try to process spiritual things. It's difficult for your head to try to process spiritual things. Do you know if you think about it for too long and you think about God, certain things that he says... And you try to process it, you just say, it doesn't make sense. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, he says something. In fact, I'll pray about something and the Lord will answer. And I say, that's not even what I asked you. And I think if it were real, if it were real, he'd probably just say to me, it is what you asked me. It's just the reason you don't think it is, it's why you can't solve your own problems. If you could solve your own problems, you wouldn't be asking me. So don't try to tell me, I can picture the Lord, don't try to tell me how to answer you. Right? <laughs> if the Lord, you ask the Lord something, he's going to answer you what the solution is, even if you don't think. And it probably won't be exactly what, the way you think he ought to answer you. Lord, I believe. Help my un. Believe. It's difficult for your head to try to process spiritual things. You have to renew your mind. You have to renew your mind. In order for your mind to catch up with your spirit, in order for your mind to catch up with, with the things that God is saying, you have to renew your mind to the word of God. Now, let me remind you, when God speaks to you, he doesn't speak to your body. He doesn't speak to your mind. He doesn't speak to your emotions. He speaks to your spirit. Right? Why? In fact, my daughter Zoe, a couple of days ago, she said, Dad, have you ever heard God? And I had to think about it for a second. I said, what do you mean? She said, have you ever heard God? I said, do you mean heard him with the, the, the voice like I'm speaking right now to you? She goes, yeah. I said, well, let me ask you. If I would have heard God, if I, to hear God, I would hear God speaking from physical there would be something that I'm hearing him with my physical. Are you saying, have I heard God from my physical ears? Because what is God? She's like, spirit. I'm like, okay. So if God's spirit, what part of me is born again? Your heart. Your heart. Right? Your spirit. I go, so when God speaks, he speaks spirit to spirit. So when you say, did I hear God? Did my spirit hear? If a spirit speaks to a spirit, yes, I heard God. But are you asking, did my physical man hear something spiritual? I said, I can't really remember if I've heard. But, but it was just as real as if I've ever heard God. 
Some people say they heard God audibly all the time. Well, that's, you don't see that in Scripture all the time. I'm not saying you don't hear it. You, 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 you've heard things. But sometimes God speaks to you with such resound that you don't know if it was physical or spiritual. But most of the time, it's just a still, small voice. It's something down on the inside. So I'm trying to explain to her without overwhelming her so she'd ask more questions, <laughs> you know. I said, yeah, I've heard God. But I'll tell you how I hear him, sweetie. I hear him heart to heart. I hear him in my heart. She goes, me too. Me too. See, that's the way, that's the way. She was trying to say, am I normal? And I think that's what a lot of adults will say. Am I normal? I don't hear the, they, they get around people and they're sensationalizing all the things of God. And they're saying, I've seen this and I've seen that. I think sometimes they're trying to just impress you. But I'll tell you what it does. It may impress you, but it also can discourage you to feel like I'm not a super person like that. Let me tell you how God works. When you were born again, your spirit was born again, and he speaks to your born-again spirit on the inside. And his words to your spirit are just as real as my words to you in the natural. That's how, that's how it works. So, so you have to renew your mind. Your mind has a hard time picking up on spiritual things. So what do you have to do with your mind? Do you just ignore your mind? Do you just say, well, I'm going to listen to God on my spirit and I'm going to ignore my mind? Is that what the Bible says? Be transformed by the ignoring of your mind. Is that what it said? No, see, God said, use your brain. Use your emotions. But you have to remember your brain and your emotions aren't always renewed. Your brain and your emotions have been trained up, have had parents of wickedness. And have parents that are out in the world all day. And have had parents that have trained it a certain way. So when you're trying to receive spiritual things with kids that have been trained by the world, then your, 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 your mind and your emotions are going to have a hard time picking up on spiritual things. So what do you have to do? You have to renew your mind. You have to renew your mind. Renew your mind to what? To the word of God. Not, not to mind over matter. Not to mind over your, I am good looking. I am strong. I cannot be defeated. Well, that, I mean, it's not that that's bad. Yeah, that's cute, right? But let me tell you what you need to renew your mind. You want your mind to think the way God thinks. You want your emotions to feel the way God feels. You want your insides to be able to catch the way that God, God do you know God gets angry? But he said, be angry, but don't sin. Do you know God weeps? And when Jesus was on the earth, he was the express image of God. He, he wept, went through emotional things, right, in his life. Well, why do we need to renew our mind? Because if we can renew our mind to think and to feel God, then when he speaks, we can translate that through a filter that's been renewed. We can translate the words of God, even when we read scripture. We, can, we don't have to look at it and go, that's weird. It's weird because your mind and emotions aren't renewed. See, so your, spirit, your spirit will catch things that your mind and emotions don't even know what to do with. Has that ever happened? Your spirit can pick up on things that your mind and emotions don't even know what to do with. Like, for instance, when, you, when Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. He told about the guy who the, uh, the, 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 the scribe and the Pharisee walked by, which were religious people, walked by. And the Good Samaritan was a person that wasn't even supposed to interact with this culture. 
It was like a lower culture. It was different. What did they do? He stopped. He bent down. He gave him oil and wine. He went and took care of him. And our minds go, why would he do that? It doesn't really help you out. Why would, why would he have those feelings? It doesn't really help you out. But when we begin to renew our minds like God, we read that and we'll start sometimes even tearing up. Sometimes our heart will break. Sometimes our minds will catch it and say, I can see that happening in my life. Why? Because we renewed our minds. If we don't renew our minds, what will happen? Doubt and unbelief will seep down into our hearts. And eventually your mind and emotions will contaminate your heart rather than your mind and emotions aiding your heart, helping your heart, reinforcing your heart. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to tell you a story about Peter walking on the water. Peter walking on the water. It says in the book of Matthew chapter 14... Verse 25, in fact, in your Bibles, it probably will say something about Jesus walking on the water. Because we really know this as Jesus walked on the water, but P Peter doubted, and he fell in the ocean. It's kind of like we give him the bad rap. Do you know other than Jesus, Peter was the only one that we read in the Bible that walked on the water? And we give the guy no credit. All we say is the guy, he doubted, he doubted. No, he, he really walked on the water. He walked on the, in fact, they should call this section, Jesus and Peter walked on the water. Peter didn't walk for very long. But watch this, Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, it says, In the fourth watch of the night, that was between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus went to them walking on the sea. For some, it would be a miracle just to wake up between 3 and, 3 and 6 a.m., but anyway, they were out in the fourth watch. Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out, by the way, ghosts and spirits are real. Don't play with them. And they're either evil or they're angels. They're from God. The thief does not come to play Halloween the thief does not come to play. Don't play with darkness. However you want to translate that, you take it to the Lord. But don't, don't play with darkness. Don't play with it. Don't, 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 don't get in the middle of it. Because the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said he's come that he, they may have life. I'm not saying you can't have fun and have candy and have those kinds of things. What I am saying is just make sure that you guard your heart and you guard your children's heart. Not to be open to evil. Because what evil wants to do is kill them. And we're not after that. Okay, sorry, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Peter and Jesus, it says. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, or he said it's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. Would you trip out if you're, on the, if you're like on the sea and you're out there and it's 3 and 6 in the morning and all of a sudden some, some dude's like walking along. You're like, ah, ah, right? They thought it was a ghost. And Jesus looks at him. Immediately Jesus spoke to him. And here's the first thing Jesus said, be of good cheer. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's what I was thinking, right? Be of good cheer. He says, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him. And asked something that I, I, would, I would probably look at Peter and say, what are you thinking? He looks at him and he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come walk on the water. <laughs> I mean, I'd just be, it would just take enough faith to think, is that even Jesus? And he's like, if it's really you, tell me to walk out there on the water too. What a big, bold statement. Tell me to walk on the water. And Jesus says one word, come, come. 
And when Peter had come down out of the boat, notice, he came down out of the boat. I want you to picture stepping out of a boat. Now, what's that first step like? Stepping out of the boat, right? And notice, he didn't just step out of the boat. and He stepped out of the boat and started walking on the water. What was that? Faith. He had faith. And what did he have faith in? One word, come. One word, come. Come. And that come verse got Peter some steps on the water. So he starts taking these walks on the wa- this walk on the water. Come, and when Peter came down out of the boat, notice, he walked on the water. Somebody say he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Notice this. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and began to sink. Notice he began to sink. I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever seen someone that's, that's on top of the water that they started to sink? You ever wakeboard or you're like, you're doing this kind of surfing or doing things, and then they all of a sudden you say, oh, there they are, they started to sink. No, they're either on top or they're underneath, right? But it's interesting how it says he started to sink. It's almost like his sinking was in proportion to his believing. You ever feel like you're believing something and all of a sudden you're starting to sink? (laughs) Starting to go under, you know? You're believing God for something, and all of a sudden, my faith's going under, right? It's starting to sink. Look at this. He started to sink, beginning to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Then immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, read it with me, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Did he tell Peter he didn't have faith? Did he tell Peter he didn't have faith? What did he tell him? He just had a... He just had a little bit of faith. But notice, a little bit of faith got him walking on the water. But it would take big faith to keep him on the water until he got back in the boat. So some people say, all you need is a little bit of faith. That's true. Jesus said that, right? All you need is the faith of a mustard seed. If you'd, if you'd have faith, you'd pray it. You'd get out there, right? You'd get walking on the water. Notice what he said. He said, you, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they, they got into the boat, the, the wind ceased. So notice, Jesus walks on the water, but wow, Peter believed and walked on the water too. But what happened? Why did he sink? Why did he sink? Well, let me ask the question, why do you sink? Why do you sink? Why do you get out there? Have you ever got out there believing God for something and then you started sinking? Why do you sink? Why why did Peter sink? Because Peter started looking at things that didn't even make a difference. The wind and the waves had nothing to do with him walking on water. Let me ask you a question. If the wind and the waves went away, would he go, well, so glad they're gone. Now I can walk on water. Wind and the waves had nothing to do with him walking on water. The wind and the waves distracted him. The wind and the waves got him unfocused off of the game, off of him believing the word that Jesus said. So he sank because he started getting distracted with other words than Jesus' words. It's the same thing as this guy who said in in, in Mark, the father of the mute, he said, Lord, I believe. Did Peter believe? Yeah. But help my unbelief. I'm, 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 I'm believing, but I'm looking at my son going into the water. I'm believing, but I'm looking at my son about to be burnt on fire, and it's affecting my faith. I believe that you'll supply my needs, but my finances are going under, and they're going to kick me out. I believe, but my wayward son or daughter, 
is not coming home and they're still doing the things I prayed they wouldn't do. Help my unbelief. What was Peter's problem? He got his eyes on the wind and the waves. On something that didn't even affect the miracle. Instead of keeping his heart. Instead of keeping his heart locked into Jesus' words. Locked into Jesus' words. See, sometimes we would take that religiously. We would hear this translated as something like, the reason he didn't walk on the water is because he wasn't Jesus. And only Jesus could walk on the water. I mean, he'd let him walk on the water a little bit to understand what the miraculous was like. But really, Jesus didn't want him. Is that, that's plony. Why would Jesus say, oh, you have little faith? Jesus attached it back to his faith. See, Jesus fully intended and didn't, didn't, didn't rebuke him in any way for asking to walk on the water. Jesus fully intended him for to walk just like he walked. But he got his eyes on the wind and the wave. Fear came from placing his attention on something else than Jesus' words. Notice again, the wind had nothing to do with him walking on water. He became double-minded. James chapter 1 says what? He says, if you ask in faith, believing, he says, but he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. Let me tell you, this doesn't just affect what you're praying for. It affects your whole life. That if you have double-minded thinking, if you get your eyes off of the situation that you're praying about and see the wind and the waves and the storms and the things that are going on, he's saying if you think that way and just think, well, I guess if it's God's will, it'll happen, and if it's God's will, it won't happen. That's not true. It's God's will that everybody be saved, 1 Timothy 2 says. But is everybody going to be saved? No. No, because it's choice. It's human choice. It's free will that people have. Why did he sink? He sunk because of his little faith, because of his unbelief. When he saw the wind was boisterous, notice, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. The Greek word is phobio, phobio, P-H-O-B-E-O. He became afraid. Notice what the phobia happened. It happened as a result of what he was looking at. Fear in your life happens as a result of what you have your eyes on. If you're dealing with fear, you can pray all day, Lord, take my fear away. And he does it. But it'll come right back if you keep your eyes on what you're fearing. If you keep your, you can pray all day, Lord, take my lust away. Take, 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 Lord, I have sexual lust, or Lord, I have greed, or Lord, I have pride, or Lord, take it away, God. Take, I humble you can get on your knees and cry and pray, take it away. But if your eyes continue to be in the environment and on the things that are open doors to bring those things back into your mind and your emotions, what's going to happen? They're going to seep right back in. And you know what will happen? You'll pray a thousand prayers. And the rest of your life, your solution is sin in, sin out. Sin in, sin out. Victory in, victory out. Some answered prayers, some unanswered prayers. And your life with the Lord will be what's called not, not, not uh, uh, static and what are the two? 
Dynamic and static. What's static? Solid. What's dynamic? Your faith will become dynamic. In and out. All over the place. Changing. Not wavering. Instead of becoming static. I know those words, you kind of go, what? That's kind of backwards. No. Listen, your faith... If you're looking at other things and praying prayers that God would make you solid, he'll make you solid. But if we train our mind, our emotions, the inside of us to think like the world, to process like the world and not like God's word, then our lives will become hit and miss. Our prayers will become hit and miss. Our spiritual life will have ups and downs. When he saw the winds... When he saw the winds, he began. He became double-minded. He stopped focusing on Jesus' words. Notice he began to think. Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. Peter had faith, but he had little faith. Mark chapter 9, the, the, the father had faith, but he also had unbelief. Peter became double-minded. I think I'm going to stop there. And just... Can we bring our hearts to the Lord right where you are? Let me, let me, ask, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I, and I, I really sense this for a minute. Just don't, no moving around. Just for a minute. I really sense this. Listen. Uh, when I was praying a couple hours ago, the Lord said to me, like in my heart, he said to me this. Ask everybody to get their faith on something. Otherwise, this will become... You know, just some, that's a good good message, good message. Just something out there. It doesn't really matter to me. Ask someone, and you know what? Right after that, the Lord asked me, what's your faith on? And I had to stop and think. Well, my faith's on things a lot of times. But right now, Lord, and I had to redefine. I want you to do this. Pray right now. Just stop right now. Bring your heart before the Lord and say, what is it? What is it that you need help from God is it direction is it provision is it healing what is something that only God can only God can help you with I'm not talking about things you can you can go out and fix all yourself what are things that you need God to help you with You need God. And without God, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't have it. You wouldn't be there. And I want you to bring that before the Lord right now. Would you do this? Open your heart. Open your... I'd like to open my hands as a representation of my heart. And say, God, here's my heart today. Here's my need today. Here's my request today. God, I need you. I really need you concerning this. And I ask you for the solutions. Would you ask him right now? Say, God, I ask you by faith for the solutions. I ask you for the help. I pinpoint what I need and I ask you specifically what I need today. I ask you for that. And I ask you to meet my need according to your riches and glory.
Father, I thank you today. I sense the Lord the, the, the relationships they're, they're, it's just a touchy word and sometimes you don't even you don't even want to get into it I just I have that sense there's some things that are like a level deeper down for someone and the Lord says would you open up your heart and pray about it again would you open up and pray about it again For someone in here, it's a calling on your life. And you know it, but you've ran from it. Some because of the feeling you have about yourself. And also the feeling you think God has about you. But God says to you today, Son, daughter, I believe in you. I believe in the plan that I have for you. From your mother's womb. I've already put a calling on your life. I've set you apart. Though you haven't set yourself apart, I've set you apart. And son, daughter, if you'd begin this morning to listen to my voice, today to listen to my voice, and just take the steps forward, I'll lead you right out of where you are, in your heart, in your mind, in your feeling, even in your position of your your current circumstance. I'll lead you out of that into the thing that I've called you to. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, pray prayers. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, right now. We thank you. Begin to thank him. Can we thank him? Lord, we thank you today. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We put our hope in you. We put our trust in you. Put our trust in you. Oh, someone has a financial crisis with your business. There's something going on with your business that's in a deep spot. It's in a really difficult spot. And you can't even make, you can't even, you don't even understand what's next. You don't even understand what the next steps are. And it's been hard for you to even pray about it. Because when you pray about it, discouragement comes hopelessness comes the Lord says to you today if you'll begin to meditate on my word if you'll begin to take scriptures and remember what I said to you and remember what I even said to you about starting the business and in that in those words was not only the power to start it but the, but the empowerment to lead it, guide it and keep it afloat and when I tell you to stop it, you'll stop it. When I tell you to keep it going, you keep it going. But my hand of blessing desires to come upon your business. But you have to make room for it. Thank you for it, Lord, today. Physical healing today. Physical healing today. There are some things. I just sense it today as we're praying. There's some things that you've settled for. You said, well, I prayed about this. It's not necessarily going to kill me, but I guess I'll just live with it. And the Lord says, no, would you allow me to heal it? 
would you allow there to be a testimony in it? Come on, if you have any, any need of healing today, would you say, Lord, I receive healing by faith today. I receive, my heart receives healing today. By your stripes I was healed today. I thank you today. And Father, I'll renew my mind to healing today. I'll renew my mind to what your word says and not what my mind thinks today. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. In, uh, in the lobby, we have these books. They're called Pray First books. They, they aren't any charge to you. They do cost money to print, but they're not any charge to you. And uh, you can just go grab one. But in the back of the book, if you'll look on page... Page 71. Page 71, it says, this is as I was praying this morning, the Lord reminded me of this. It says, Scripture references by topic. And this is what I really sense. Listen, if you want to see miraculous answers to your issues, you have to do some work. Yes. No, God's going to do the work. No, you're going to do the work. He's already done the work. He did the work on the cross. He did the work on getting the word out. He did the work. He empowered you. He put it all out there. But now you got to do the work. What am I going to work on? Listen, the bigger work is not your circumstance. The bigger work's your heart. The biggest work is not the thing that you're sweating about. The biggest work is your mind. The biggest work is how you process it. So you have to do some work. Work to do what? To renew your mind. Romans 12 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, let me just give you a, a simple tip. Find the area that you're praying about. This gives the scripture references. Write out the scriptures. Write out the scriptures. Write out the scriptures. Write them out. And say them every day. If you're desperate, multiple times a day. If you're really desperate, all day. I really believe a lot of things is how desperate people are. If you're really desperate to get your answer, you can get your answer. I believe most prayers, God's not, you're not waiting on God, God's waiting on you. I believe it with all my heart. Most things I've seen in my life, you're not waiting on God. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, get up. Don't wait on the Lord. Open your Bible. Start confessing the word and believe God. Take it in prayer. Believe God in prayer. Possess in prayer. I'm not talking about possess whatever you want. Possess whatever God wants for you in prayer. Take it. Write it out. I'm telling you, when I needed healing, there was a time in my life where I had asthma. Really bad. Really bad. Every time I'd exercise, I'd have asthma. I mean really bad. I was embarrassed because I was overweight. And I was like, ah, you know, if I tell someone they're going to have asthma, they're going to say, lose some weight. <laughs> That's what I think. Right? So whatever it was, I had asthma really bad. And I remember taking scripture and confessing the word. Confessing the word. Confessing the word. You know what happened? Asthma. I, I rarely prayed about it. Didn't even pray about it. It says in uh, Proverbs chapter 4 that guard your heart. It says 
put the word of God in your heart. It says there will be life to those who find them, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, and there'll be health to all their flesh. See, if you went into a, the doctor's office and you said, I have such and such a problem, they would look at you, they would diagnose you, they would look it over, they would out, take your weight and your blood pressure and your, you know, and your temp and all these kinds of things. They would do all the things. They would ask you a few questions and then they would say, oh, it's this, do this, I'm going to prescribe this for you, put on this cream, go take this pill. And you know what? You already feel better. You would walk out and you would say, I got my solution. Someone says, hey, did you go to the doctor? I did. It's all taken care of. Is it gone yet? Oh, no, 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 but it will be. No, listen. From the doctor, you received your answer. And what did you do? You started walking it out. Let me ask you what would happen. If you didn't take the medicine, if you didn't put on the cream, but you believe the doctor that he said that's what would be the solution, would you get the answer? Well, why? You believed. Wait, you believed? You believed the doctor. You believed that what he said to do was the answer. Right? You even went and picked up the prescription. Right? But you didn't take it. Would you get the answer? No. Why? Because you didn't do what you believed. That's what James means when it says faith without works is dead. It's not the faith that replaces the works. It's faith that displays the works. In other words, if you're not working what you believe then you probably don't believe. Let me tell you how to get the answers in prayer. See what Jesus says to you. Get in prayer. Find out what God says to you. Believe it. And then follow what he tells you to do. And if you'll do that, if you'll believe and act on what he says to do, his supernatural will hit your natural. And it'll take care of your situation. But you can't do it without him. And listen, I know religious minds wouldn't believe this. He can't do it without you. I said, you can't do it without him. He can't do it without you. He's already done the work. He's not going to come down and die on the cross again. He's already paid for it. He's already done it. But he needs us to take what he said and appropriate it into our lives. That's when we see supernatural. Listen. Here's how you know this is working. Testimonies will break out throughout the church. If you don't have testimonies, then you're not working your faith. If you go week after week after week and don't have a testimony, then you're not stretching out and believing God. Because people who believe God come with testimonies. <laughs> Let me tell you, they, I'm not saying they don't come with some disappointment. Because there's a lot of things I don't understand. There's a lot of prayers I prayed and I don't understand. But I'm not going to let those hold me back from all the victories that God has for me in the future. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.